What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? The college football playoff rankings edition one came out. I'm not the guy to be like, I told you so, but guess what? I told you so. Um, Henry Ruggs. Boy, this dude is in big trouble, and he ended up having a car crash that took somebody's life. So many details, and we actually have an interview I was able to do with uh, with Jess Marchese, a defense attorney in Las Vegas who defends people in cases like this and who used to be a prosecutor as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers, we found out this dude is full of you know what he uh quote unquote was immunized and he flat out lied um zillow their zestimates and all this zesty stuff they got going on is causing a problem and oklahoma state they have a postseason ban in basketball and this is bad news for arizona state I'm George Reister, he's Ralph Amston, and this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. 
You guys can always shoot us a text message, 818-293-7547. That's 818-293-7547. Or you can shoot us an email. Uh, I'm at I-M-M-A-D at unafraidshow.com. So, Ralph, we will start off with the uh, college football playoff rankings. Ralph, I'm expecting my apology right about now. I told you that they were going to do the right thing and put Oregon in front of Ohio State. Hey, don't count your chickens before they hatch. No, 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 I'm not not counting anything because Oregon still got to win five more games. So I am nervous in the service every single week. But I told you that they were going to do it and they did it. The entire debate we had was what do they do with two 12 and one teams? Neither team's 12 and one yet. You look at the road that Oregon has forward. It's respectable. But you look at the road that Ohio State has forward. It's going to be literally impossible if they win out to not jump them ahead not gonna jump because there's if three they... ranked teams still on okay the so so how much of an so if an so if a full apology right right now would be a hundred percent what percent of an apology are you giving right now Z- zero i can't either apologize what? or not apologize i can't I can't halfway apologize. Like I, I don't, I don't know what to do there. The whole debate that we had was about two 12 and one teams. Now, am I surprised that the the college football playoff selection committee has come out with something that goes against the overwhelming majority of what um, the the AP said, which is what you said would happen. But if you remember, what you said would happen was that probably this first poll would get it wrong, but that the second one would correct. <laughs> so if the second one corrects, I think you're in trouble. So we, no. we're, but no, uh, they, they, the most interesting thing to me about it is, is I, you were right. You were absolutely right. That the AP poll seems to have no bearing on the first thing that the committee put out, which is, um, you know, having Cincinnati at six instead of two and having Oregon ahead of Ohio state. I agree with you. Oregon should be ahead of Ohio State right now. I just don't think that if they're both 12 and one, that the college football playoff committee is going to look at those two teams uh, as having everything equal except for the head to head. Yeah. Um, I, the, the precedent was clearly set in the, in the college football playoff rankings where they, in, I, like they valued head to head very, very highly, clearly, right? Like there were no instances where a team beat another team and they were in front of that team, which I actually love. But my only kind of issue with this is I didn't going from the 25 up. I did not mind Minnesota being actually sorry. I before we even get to them, I did have a problem with Wisconsin being ranked like I get that they are, you know, they are a tough out. They did just beat Iowa and they beat Purdue, which were both top 25 AP teams, but they got absolutely drowned by Michigan and Notre Dame, 41 to three and 38 to 17. And they lost to Penn State 16 to 10. So this is not a bad football team, but I don't know if they're a top 25 team, Ralph. True. And upon further review, I guess I do owe you one apology. Uh, that one being that they're saying that there is absolutely no path forward for Oregon. I genuinely believe that to be true. 
obviously them being in the college football playoff, if it was to start today, uh, is pretty indicative that there is an existing path for Oregon to get into the college football playoff. Thank you, Ralph. And then Mississippi being Mississippi State being being ranked after losing to, but then they did beat NC State and they did beat Kentucky. So then, and the committee's like, listen, if you beat teams, we're going to rank you uh, ahead of it. So they lost to Alabama, got absolutely smoked. They lost to LSU and lost to Memphis, but they did have quality wins against NC State, um, Texas A&M, and Kentucky. So I guess I don't mind their ranking so much, but it does feel a bit aggressive at 17, though. Well, you just know that... that uh... Mike Leach is feeling himself because he's gone back to like shit posting <laughs> and posting <laughs> memes and stuff. He had taken a long break after uh, getting mad at his team for being more invested in social media uh, than the games when he was at Washington state. And so uh, he ended up getting chased off social media himself and now looks like he's back. So he, he must be feeling himself. He's got to be pretty happy with these rankings. Yeah, okay, okay. And then the next thing that we get to is Wake Forest at number nine. Are you okay with Wake Forest at number nine? And do you see a pass forward to them to the college football playoff? Because I don't. They only have North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, and Boston College left, and only one of those teams is ranked. And they are, and mind you, they have not up to this point and and unless NC State doesn't lose this this week, they have not played a team that not only is ranked right now, but has been ranked at any point in time this season. Uh I think I think that there is a legitimate scenario in which multiple undefeated teams as many as three undefeated teams don't even make the college football playoff we're so, gonna have cincinnati cincinnati oklahoma and, and wake forest and wake forest could yeah all go undefeated not be in the college football playoff which is the absolute like doomsday apocalypse scenario because it's one thing when you have uf or ucf off by themselves declaring that they're the national champion because they didn't get a chance uh, to play for one, but when you get three different fan bases, given the NCAA hell, uh, including Dude. there's probably going to be a couple other teams that get left out that 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 deserve some type of consideration, especially if they give two SEC teams bids. Um, Dude, yes, in a, in a year when Dude. everybody feels like the SEC is backing the entire NCAA against the wall, uh, it'll be chaos. I'm not Dude, rooting if, for if, chaos. Imagine that though, if Alabama beats Georgia in the in the uh, SEC championship, or what if Georgia beats Alabama, but it's like a field goal win or like a fluky win or something, and they still put them in, and then you have Oklahoma, who still has, ba- who who hasn't played a rank a team that's currently ranked this this year. Their best team that they've played has been Texas. They still have Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State left. So if they beat those teams and don't get in, Oklahoma fans are going to be mad, mad. Yeah. And then uh, I'm look, hold on. I'm looking up the, uh, the big 10 standings because Michigan, like the only thing keeping this from going absolutely bonkers 
is that Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State are all on the same side. Side. Yeah. If that was not the case, it would be oh. it would be even worse. But you do have there is a distinct possibility that um if Ohio State wins out that 11 and 1 well I guess Michigan and Michigan State have to play each other but there could be at least two teams no no Mi- an- Mi- Michigan and Mi- Michigan State just just played remember uh Mi- Michigan State won right so for Ohio State to win out Michigan would have to have two losses um I mean the possibility the possibility exists that you have an 11 and 1 Michigan with a win over Ohio State that gets left out in the cold and uh uh, yeah, this is the whole thing is nuts. The but just the idea that right as as it stands right now, you could have upwards of three undefeated teams not um not be in the college football playoff, and then you could have uh, Notre Dame only has one loss right now, right? Yep. Yeah, and then you could potentially have an eleven and one Notre Dame, and you know Notre Dame fans they're used to um getting the benefit of the doubt. And if they don't this year, they're going to make noise. So, <laughs> man, there's a, there's a legitimate doomsday scenario here. Yes. Um, and, and if I, I thought that Cincinnati being at six, that they, the committee was essentially saying, Hey, yo, you get a good attaboy this year, guys, attaboy. Good job. You guys, you guys went out there and you did something. And they're like, but you have no path forward to the college football player. Like it, it would take the ultimate chaos of ultimate chaos. And I think that that actually just slams the door, even though Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. I think that that slams the door on the possibility of us getting playoff college football playoff expansion that does not include automatic berths for conference champions or the group of five teams. Because they're never big with this. They're never. Would you agree to expansion that didn't give you an automatic bid? If you were a group of five team. If you were a group of five team or a power five team. No, a group of five team. They you, should get one. No, 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 no. no, no I, I'm saying, I, would, I would you not. ever agree to expansion that didn't give you an automatic bid? Hell no, no. Not after looking at what just happened with with Cincinnati being number two in the like. The, the, we now exist in a, in a universe in which, and I and I know that there's going to be some AP voters who get shy and start voting Cincinnati down as the season goes on. Of course they are, but there's. Bro. But there's also a legitimate chance that they don't, and they get defiant. And Georgia, dude, if slips they up. do that, that I see, I'm about this level of college football chaos, baby. Bring it on. Now, what if Cincinnati? So if Alabama, if Alabama beats Georgia, Cincinnati's undefeated. You have enough AP voters to make Cincinnati the number one team in the country according to the AP poll. And they don't make the college football play. Bro, I've been there. We were number two in the AP and the USA Today poll. And they jumped somebody over us in the BCS. I've been there, bro. I've been and there. That, they, and, that, they, and that team got wrecked. Yes. <laughs> and we wrecked the team that we played in the bowl game. And and uh, and the college football playoff, BCS, whatever formula. And they'll be like, and 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 I'll do it again. And I'll do it again. Like they don't, they don't care. But what'd you think about Alabama being at number two? 
it's weird because I feel like this initial college football playoff ranking did a better job of not bringing anybody's 2020, 2019, 2018 reputation yes. into the rankings, except for right here. Yes. Michigan State should have been number two. That's fair. I could have been okay with Alabama at number three. But I can't be okay with them at number two and that loss not being against Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. But then again, if they apply that logic to everybody, then maybe Oregon suffers. Yeah. That is possible. Um but but I do think that they did give major consideration to the Stanford loss to the circumstances that Oregon was in. It's clear that they gave major consideration to that. What is interesting to me, though, is they don't seem to care that Oregon hasn't looked all that good outside of maybe like a quarter here and there outside of the Ohio State game. But that did seem to affect the way that they ranked Oklahoma, who has not lost yet, but they they also have the same issues uh, seemingly with with consistency, though they do look a lot better with Caleb. Yeah, Williams but that Kansas center. loss was that Kansas near loss. Like they were a bad call. I mean, like if the officials get that call right, they may lose. Fair, but Oregon did lose. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I can understand the Oklahoma people's gripe, but they also have two. Like, they're in the meat of their schedule right now. So they're not out of it. And if I was Ohio State, I would not be sweating these rankings not one little bit. Because we have to play Michigan State. And if they beat Michigan State and finish undefeated and beat Michigan, I'm sorry, and finish with the one one loss, they're in the college football playoff. How weird is it that if you run the table in the ACC? And you're, and you're you, not named Clemson. Or Florida State, because if Florida State ran, I can't the table, even imagine Florida Florida State doing that at this point. But okay, we're only like five years removed from them winning a national championship. Six, too. but it's fine. Uh, Actually, no, but, seven, seven. Okay, but the idea that like your brand name, even though you play the same exact schedule outside of the loss to to Georgia, to Georgia yeah, but your brand name actually affects what happens in the ACC, yep. even though you play all the same teams. Well, yeah, they should have scheduled better in the non-conference. All right. Um, the next thing up, Henry Ruggs, and he ends up in a situation. He is a, he's a Raiders wide receiver. And, he ended up, he was driving in Las Vegas on Monday night that three something in the morning at 156 miles an hour, which they, they're estimating because his airbags deployed at 127 miles per hour. And he crashed into a RAV4 with a young lady, a 23-year-old and her dog in it. It engulfs in flames don't know how they died from the impact or whether it was from which would be worse, the the freaking being burned to death. And he is facing two felony charges, DUI, 
causing death and fe- and uh, reckless driving, causing great bodily injury or death. And his blood alcohol came back at 0.16. He was at Top Golf earlier that night. And dude, uh, now now that we know that he was impaired, he's facing two to 20 years, Ralph. Two to 20 years. I mean, and to be very clear, he will do two to 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Will. Some Somewhere in between there. Obviously, he's hired high-powered lawyers. His high-powered lawyers, they actually had a... Um, the lawyer that he hired... Well, is also the lawyer that represented like the former mayor out there's son or brother-in-law or something, something like that in a very similar case. And he ended up paying them like a million dollars in legal fees. And he still got five to 12 years. Like there's no, there's no getting around this. What's up, everybody. This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you guys, we have a special guest coming on right now. Um, His name is Jess Marchese. Uh, He's a lawyer out in Las Vegas who defends people in cases like this. And uh, so we're going to get in with Jess right now. And now we are joined on the nightcap by Jess Marchese, criminal defense attorney at Marchese Law Offices in Nevada. Uh, Jess, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, you are a defense attorney and you have a history of of defending people in um, similar situations to what Henry Ruggs has found himself in, correct? That's correct. I've been practicing criminal defense for 20 years. I used to be a prosecutor. I used to prosecute these kinds of cases, and now I'm on the other side of it. I've, I don't know, handled thousands of DUI cases, including death cases such as this one. And so from for for those who don't know, um, what what do we know? Like, what are the facts from the Henry Ruggs case right right now involving the accident he had last night, this morning, however you want to say it? So it appears that uh, it's actually early in the morning, uh, about 3 a.m. ish. He was driving uh, down if anybody isn't familiar with Las Vegas, but uh, Rainbow and Spring Mountain area, which is two major cross streets here. And he, he was driving his Corvette in excess of a, of a hundred miles an hour. Um, he slammed into the back of a Toyota, which was uh, occupied by one individual as well as their dog. Uh, Mr. Ruggs had a, uh, an unidentified female companion in the passenger side of his vehicle. She was restrained. And unfortunately, when he hit this vehicle at a high rate of speed, uh, it appears that the vehicle went up in flames, um, killing both the dog inside of the vehicle and the driver. Uh, Mr. Ruggs's Corvette uh, spun out. Uh, both of the occupants, Mr. Ruggs and his female companion, um, were alive. They were okay. Although Mr. Ruggs was taken to the uh, local hospital, uh, it appears that his female companion was uh, released. Uh, she did have obvious signs of uh, seatbelt injury, uh, which is important because one of the things that we normally look at in these sorts of cases is, you know, can you put the defendant behind the wheel of the car? So Mr. Ruggs actually was not wearing his seatbelt at the time. So that's going to be a tough obstacle for his attorneys to argue to say that Henry was not the driver of the vehicle because um, all indicators show that uh, he was, in fact, the the driver. As a matter of fact, they interviewed the uh, female passenger, and she corroborated the fact that he was the driver. Um, She said when she was interviewed, um, they were talking to him, and then Mr. Rubb supposedly yelled out, well, what is this guy doing? 
Um, and then as he was breaking, they just smashed right into the, the car right in front of him. Oh, man. So, so uh, yeah. And so now he's being charged with DUI with serious bodily harm and reckless driving with death or serious bodily harm. Like, how did they know that he like, how do you get charged with a DUI? Are they sure that he was under the influence? Like, how does that work? Well, they did a blood test at the scene. Um, which is, or excuse me, at the hospital, which is very common. They'll actually do two blood tests um, just to see, uh, to make it even more accurate as to how much blood uh, alcohol was in the system. And as of right now, we don't know that, okay? There, there is no indication that they have an actual number. What they do have, though, is the fact that Mr. Ruggs was exhibiting a lot of signs of someone who would be under the influence. As a matter of fact, um, he was at a place called Top Golf, which is kind of a, a popular spot here in town. Um, and his girlfriend had even, or a female companion, had even indicated that they were drinking there. Um, and in addition, um, when the police officers went to the hospital, uh, he was very disoriented. He really didn't know um, what was going on. He, he had some medical apparatuses hooked up to him. He, he kept trying to take him off. He was mumbling. He was yelling, home, 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 um, taking the monitor off of his finger, things along that line, or those, along those lines. The medical staff, you know, tried to calm him down. They were trying to tell him, hey, listen, you need to calm down. You need to let us help you. Um, he wasn't listening to them at all. Um, and his speech was slurred, mumbled. So, you know, based on that, um, that's going to be enough for the blood test. And then, you know, we'll see what the results are. I mean, I, I know I have no independent recollection or knowledge of what this man's blood alcohol was. And, but they will in a situation like this, they'll put a, a rush on the uh, blood test to find out sooner rather than later. When I say a, a rush, they'll find out within a matter of days um, what his uh, blood alcohol level was. So are so so he's facing those charges now. Are are there different charges if he if he was not found to be impaired and just ended because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and ended up with a head injury or something like, like like that? Are there different charges, or would this case go go away? Like how how does that work work with it being that he has? Oh well, actually he has a. DUI charge and also a reckless driving charge. So I, so I guess the, the, would the DUI charge go away? Yeah, the DUI would go away, but his, he would still have the issue with the reckless driving. Um, because, you know, nowadays there's computers in all these vehicles, right? So what they did in this circumstance is they would in any other case like this. They're not treating Mr. Ruggs any differently than they would if you or I were in the same circumstance. They went and got the computer out of the vehicle, and the computer indicated that there was a uh, he was traveling at the high rate of speed, and they've guesstimated at this point about 100 miles an hour. And um, I'm sure they're if they haven't already, they'll, they will do an accident reconstruction, and they'll see the braking, the brake marks, and, and they'll use all the the different parameters, and they'll check the weather conditions and the road conditions and all those things. Um, and they'll get a more accurate determination as to how fast he was actually going. And, you know, even though that Spring Mountain and Rainbow are major streets, you know, the, <laughs> the speed limit is not 100 miles an hour. So that's going to be enough to show that, or most likely be enough to show that he was driving in a reckless manner, um, 
you know, going at a hundred miles an hour. What, what, what was the weather like in Vegas yesterday? Was it the normal fair day or was there rain or anything like, like, like that? Well, you know, as luck may have it, I actually live probably a mile from that intersection. And to my knowledge, it was no rain whatsoever. Um, there was no major wind or anything along those lines. It was just a typical Vegas night. And if anything, it was a little bit un- unseasonally warm uh, for what we would normally have this time of year. I would say it's probably about 65, 60 degrees at that time. So, so I don't think if, the weather is going to be an argument for him. Yeah. So it, what type of, uh, well, actually the, the, the first question is, and, and before let me, let me tell, remind people of who you are. Um, they, we are on with Jess Marchese, criminal defensive attorney over at Marchese law offices in Las Vegas. Um, so, if if he is found to have a to been impaired, um, what type of prison sentence is he facing? Is he going to jail? Like if 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 convicted, like wh- what is he? What legally is he facing? Well, by law, if he is convicted of the DUI uh, resulting in death or substantial bodily harm, he's looking at two to twenty years in prison. His own mother could be the judge, and by law, she would have to send him to prison time. The best he could do if convicted of that charge would be two to five years, and the worst he could do of, of convict, if convicted of that particular charge would be eight to 20. Now, normally what happens in those situations is there's, there isn't much of a, a plea bargain, a plea negotiation where they would plead it down to something lesser with the prosecutor would typically offer, assuming they have a strong case, um, they would say, okay, well, we'll give you, you know, you can plead guilty, but we'll cap it at, say, 10 years. So you can argue for two to five, and we'll argue to four to 10. Quite frankly, given the fact that someone died, and given the fact that this is going to get a lot of media attention, I would imagine, even though he's got, it appears to have no record whatsoever, it's probably going to be something a little bit on a higher level. Um, You know, no one likes DUIs. It's just, it's unfortunate. You know, some individual was probably just driving from work or the grocery store or who knows. And, you know, the next thing you know, the, the, them and their dog are dead, right? It's just, it's just a crime that's very difficult and judges don't give them a lot of sympathy. So, I mean, assuming that it's not a defensible case, he's, he's hired a very uh, competent, prominent attorney here in town. But assuming that they don't have, you know, something good to work with, it's going to be very difficult for him not to go to prison. Yeah, and and if and if he is not found to have had uh, to to be impaired, what is he facing then? Well, he'll still have the reckless driving, and he'll still have you know resulting in death. But at that point, now the mandatory prison sentence is taken off the table. So at that point, I think he's in a much better spot. And really, and it's too early to tell. Um, at that point, I think a lot of it is going to have to do with who his judges and what their sentencing tendencies are. Um, and we also have to remember that there's civil and criminal. So, you know, even if he, quote unquote, gets off on the criminal charges, I'm sure that uh, the decedent's family is going to go after him hard and seek civil damages against him as well. So in in, in your 
um, long experience as a prosecutor and and a defense attorney. I mean, if, if you I mean, on its on on its face, because I do understand that you don't know all the details of the case yet. And we're not like what what would you be pursuing in in this case if you were prosecuting it just from, you know, us, uh, if we just assume that certain parts of it are true? Well, you just want to connect all the dots and make sure that you can meet all the elements of the crime, right? It was he driving. That's number one. Was he drunk? That's number two. And he doesn't even need to be a .08. Maybe he had other substances in the system. Maybe, you know, he's, a, he's an athlete. Maybe he's prescribed some sort of pain medication. Even if it's prescribed, doesn't mean that you can drive with it, right? We've all seen those warnings on our medications that say do not operate heavy machinery. Um, so, or even some other illicit substances. I haven't seen anything of that, but I'm just throwing that out there. So that's the first thing is, you know, were they intoxicated? Um, could they safely operate a motor vehicle? Then the next thing you got to worry about is show that there was a death, which sounds like it's going to be pretty easy in this case. And did his driving conduct cause that death? So if you basically can meet those elements for the most part, you're going to get a conviction. So, you know, that, that's basically what you're looking at. And then from a defense attorney standpoint, it's the opposite. You want to poke a hole in one of those particular um, elements of the crime, right? Um, you know, can, can they put him behind the wheel? I mean, it sounds like they're probably going to be able to put him behind the wheel, but who knows? Um, you know, I think you can maybe make some arguments about the, the blood test possibly. Maybe they didn't follow the proper protocol, something along those lines. Probably wants to get an accident reconstructionist, make sure that, you know, there weren't any road conditions, hazards, that the, the decedent didn't somehow cause the accident. I mean, who knows? So, you know, you got to leave no stone on turn, right? The man's livelihood, his life, his, his liberty, it's, it's on the line. So you, you got to make sure that you do everything that you can in order to help that individual. And how long does it usually take these cases to be adjudicated? Well, you know, he's in a situation where obviously he's a professional athlete. Obviously, I would imagine he has resources. I mean, the man was a first-round pick, right? So, you know, he's not exactly going to be on the bread lines anytime soon, right? So he's going to be able to make bail. Tomorrow he will have a hearing. He will go in front of the judge, and then they will – he is entitled to bail, so they will give him some sort of bail with conditions. Um, so he will make bail me as a defense attorney. And I think most defense attorneys would agree. You typically want to kind of slow it down, right? He's out of custody. So that we're in no rush. Um, the other issue is, is, you know, he's in a different spot because of the, the notoriety of his job. I mean, what's the NFL going to do? I would imagine there's probably going to be some sort of a suspension coming up or maybe even an internal suspension from the Raiders. So that's another consideration, right? Do we want to just, maybe push this case along so that way the man can, you know, if he does go to prison and move on with his life and maybe get back in the league I and mean, he's still young, right? It's, let's say he gets a, a two to five. I'm just throwing that out there, but let's say he gets a two to five. He gets paroled after two years. I mean, I think he's, he's still be on his rookie contract, right? Or at least yep. finishing it up. No, 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 he would. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, listen, if um, – there's been plenty of other guys in the NFL. We don't need to name names. We know all of them. They've had second chances. So, I mean, I don't see any reason when <laughs> when you can when you got wheels like Henry Ruggs, you're going to get a shot. <laughs> yeah, and and 
and typically like for a defense like this, how much does this cost? I mean, because we, we, we heard outrageous numbers about the owners with the St. Louis thing that they may have spent a billion dollars in legal fees. How much does this cost? Uh, I think a billion is pretty much on the higher end, but I mean, I he could easily spend a few million. I mean, He's got two very well-known lawyers who've, who've represented many celebrities in the past. They, they're definitely not hurting for business. And when you have that kind of, quote-unquote, celebrity law practice, you're going to be able to charge higher fees, right? Um, and then that doesn't count experts. That doesn't count investigators. I mean, the first thing I'd be doing is I'd be sending investigators out to, you know, try to find witnesses, to talk to those witnesses, um, to get experts, right? We're gonna, I'm, you're going to get a toxicologist, make sure that the blood test was, was tested properly, that the protocols were covered. I, I touched upon a, an accident reconstructionist, you know, make sure that their estimations of speed and weather conditions and road conditions and all that, and make sure that those are accurate, right? So, you know, you've got to leave no stone unturned in the situations. Um, you want to go and inspect the vehicle, right? Maybe there were some issues with the vehicles. I don't know. Um, this is going to be a little bit more difficult because obviously the one of the vehicles at least was on fire. So who knows, right? Um, maybe it's going to be some of that evidence was destroyed. So that might make you some, some sort of an argument for you on, on that end. So. Uh, I think oh. a billion's on the high end, but you definitely could go into the millions for sure. Man, this is a sad, sad situation. Um, you guys, he's Jess Marchese, criminal defense attorney over at Marchese Law Offices in Las Vegas. Jess, thanks for coming on the show. All right. You're very welcome. Good luck to you, my friend. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ralph, what did you think about what Jess had to say? It was pretty bleak. I mean, even as we were listening to that interview, more came out um, about the situation of Henry Ruggs not just driving 100 miles an hour, but driving 156 miles an hour, his airbags deploying at 127 miles an hour. Um, his blood alcohol level came back at twice the the legal limit. Most states, the legal limit is 0.08, which is essentially like for – that's essentially like – what your blood alcohol would be depending on your size, two drinks in one hour with zero metabolization, right? So two drinks in one hour with zero metabolization, which isn't really a thing. So to get to 0.16, you would have to consume, assuming, assuming an accident were to happen um, within an hour after you stopping drinking, you would have to consume probably five, drinks in a one hour period. Um, and that's, you know, and, and, and considering it could have been like a, an evening of, of, of prolonged consumption, you know, for your blood alcohol level um, to be a, an athlete and to have like a high metabolic rate um, and to be out for an evening, you know, who, who knows how many that if he's out for two hours and you can metabolize maybe one to two drinks an hour, maybe we're talking about six, seven drinks or something like that. Dude, um, I, incredibly this, dangerous situation. This was hard for me. Cause I actually got in an argument with Denisha about this because she was like, man, he's so reckless, irresponsible. He's a reckless person. Blah, like kills. I was like, I'm not disputing what he did was extremely reckless. He caused somebody else's death and he has to be punished for that. My point was, is that I understand how this happens. When you're 22, 23 years old, you're already young and stupid. You most times feel like you're invincible. Stuff can't touch you or hurt you. And ironically, Henry Ruggs' best friend got killed when he was 16 in a car accident. And for me, it took me getting hurt in the league a couple of times and having a couple things happen outside of the game to make to humble me, which was one of the most. It was like an epiphanous experience of pure religiosity that 
I was like, oh my God, I'm a human. Like I, I can die. Like I can have bad things happen to me. Ralph, I know that that sounds crazy because you're young and you're already feeling invincible. And then you are a great athlete and you know, your reflexes are higher than other people's. You're stronger. You're mentally tough. Like you're all these things. But the moment you realize I'm just a mortal man, that's very humbling, dude. It, 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 it probably is like when, when boxers who are undefeated on top of the world, then when they get knocked out for the first time and they're like, like if you're, you know, Deontay Wilder and you realize, oh my God, I'm not the baddest man on the planet. Somebody can actually hurt me. Like it, it's humbling, dude. Yeah. And I, I just, I, you know, people are going to be looking for somebody to, to blame on this. And the truth of the matter is it's, it's extremely prevalent in our society. And it's just a matter of chance that this doesn't happen 10 times more often than it does. According to the national highway traffic safety administration, there's up to 1.5 million DUI arrests domestically every single year, 1.5 million. And you and I both know that, the number of people who get caught driving drunk. Oh God! Is, would you? What would you say is less than a less than a tenth, maybe a twentieth? Yes. Of the number of people who actually probably drive beyond what Correct. the legal the legal limit is for consumption. Um, Correct. It's one of those things that you're taught as a kid is the most evil thing in the entire world, and then your first friend maybe gets uh, um, a minor in consumption DUI when you're in high school, and they're like, "Well, that kid's my friend," and they're not the worst person in 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 the entire world right and then you know you'd be hanging out in a situation with some people and, and you know and somebody will do it or whatever and and then it just becomes more and more commonplace until somebody suffers catastrophic consequences and i think if you talk to most people they have people in their lives who have either been uh the victim or perpetrator of extreme consequences of of dui whether or not it involves um an arrest or not uh, because the penalties for drunk driving increase year over year uh, in Arizona. Now it's mandatory time in, in, in uh, well, it used to be tent city tent city has been closed, but it's mandatory jail time, even for a DUI arrest of any kind. So, I mean, it, it a lot of people are going to be dumping on Henry Ruggs right now for things that, a lot of people in their lives, maybe including them do. And and hopefully, hopefully we can start to just talk about alcohol a little bit more and not just drinking and driving, but the idea that the NFL is completely propped up by, you know, beer sales and, and, uh, and, and the alcohol industry, and they have to be very sensitive in the way that they navigate talking yes. about the effects of, I didn't even think alcohol. about that. I did not even think about that, Ralph. That is deep. It's bro. like, you're going to go to the Raiders game. You're going to go to the Raiders game on, um, on Sunday. And there's going to be insignia of whatever, you know, beverage companies they're sponsored by all over the, the stadium with the hopes that you purchase it and them having their fingers crossed that you make the wise decision. Um, after having already altered your mental state to not put somebody else in danger. Like we just, at some point we got to get to the point where we realize the Bureau of justice statistics reports 40% of all homicides, not just vehicular, but in the entire country involves the defendant having consumed some type of alcohol 
Well, and 25% of those are at the time of the event. Like well, alcohol here's the, here's the thing. has a devastating effect in excess. Yeah. And people will uh, say, oh, well, how come he didn't Uber, blah, blah, blah. And the problem is this, is that I, I have no idea why, because I've ne- I, because I remember having this conversation with some of my friends. I'm like, bro, leave your car there. We will get it in the morning. And it was different 15 years ago when when there was no Uber. But or Lyft or any but, other yeah, ride. Not in Vegas. Yeah. Not in Vegas. The but most ride share friendly ca- city yes. in the entire West. Yeah. T- taxi cabs, everything else. And you're just like, bro, I can now bro, I have no problem with that. No, pro- I'll leave my car because people are like, I don't want to leave my car there. And I understand. But do you want to take take the chances of getting a deuce, bro? Like th- that that's 10 grand. Plus, your insurance goes through the roof. You're uh, like you can lose your license for a bit, be inconvenienced or even. And that's not including if the ultimate bad thing happens that you get in an accident. So right, but, you could lose you could lose your job because you're at the mercy of a finicky. Um, uh, what's it called? Bre- breathalyzer system to even start your car. Yep. Like you can't use you you get a DUI and you can't use mouthwash without your car shutting down and you having to pay two hundred and fifty dollars in fees just to have your breathalyzer reset. Yep. Like you, the 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 level with which you can be inconvenienced um, by a DUI without facing the ultimate consequences is something that you always hear people talk about about how a DUI has made their life absolute. Um, absolute hell and you have to think about it for three years and then you have the stigma um uh attached to it and and everything like that and you know it's just i don't know man i i i I have a lot more to say about this and i'm i'm gonna keep it to myself but like so we just it's unwise to it, it is unwise to think that what happened with henry ruggs just because it was an absolutely absurd rate of speed and the ultimate consequences were faced that that's not the potential for every single person that, that, that is drinking and then driving afterwards. Cause all it takes, it, it can be a 40 mile an hour accident, but then the car goes out in the traffic or hits a pole or anything, dude. Um, but now on to um, somebody else who's in trouble right now. And that is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the green Bay Packers. He flat out lied, bro. He flat out lied. When he said, when he was in a press conference in August, because remember, there was such big talk about what quarterbacks were uh, vaccinated, what quarterbacks were not vaccinated. And then you had Aaron Rodgers when, when, when he was asked, instead of saying, you know, what it, what it was, um, Aaron Rodgers he decided to say this instead of the truth. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. I've been immunized because here's the <laughs> thing is, here's the tricky language about this. <laughs> Mr. Jeopardy host is that is that. Being vaccinated does give you an immunization, but saying I'm immunized does not mean that you're vaccinated. So is that a lie or is that a technicality? 
Uh, it's a, it's, it's a technicality, right? He was doing, he was doing the guy who's too smart for everybody else thing, which he's, he's been known to do. Um, and now dude, what's done <laughs> in the dark comes to the light, buddy. And, and people who are saying, dude, it's his choice. It's got no effect on anybody else. Yes, it does. His entire team. And we know, we know he's not worried about much anybody but but himself he he is the ultimate like Ayn rand uh nfl player who like he who the the i and i believe in the phrase like you can't give what you don't have um but he believes it to an extent of like well y'all are nothing without me <laughs> so, yes and so i mean the way that do you remember the whole like i own you thing yes from a couple weeks ago right that's also how he feels about his own team. Yes. No, bro. That is not that, his attitude toward his opponent. That's his attitude toward everybody. Mm-hmm. Bro, that is a good point. And now you're going to have. Are you mad? I'm not. I'm not I, like, this is one of those things where I just kind of shake my head and I'm like, I'm not going to get mad about this. This is a very Aaron Rodgers thing. At this point in his career, like, come on. We know who this guy is. This is, this feels super on brand. Yes. Yes, bro. You got it right, bro. This is so on brand for Aaron Rodgers that like you can't even get mad about it because you knew that that this is the this is who Aaron Rodgers is. So (laughs) it really is. It's like it's one of those things where you just like you turn to the camera and be like, that's Aaron. Yeah. And now you're going to have Jordan Love making his first start in the in well yes first start I believe in the, in the NFL and now this is his opportunity to show the Packers like yo I'm the dude and you don't have to keep kissing up sucking up to Aaron taking whatever he gives you I'll take you to the promised land so now is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal that he's starting? It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal because not only is he starting, he's playing against the Chiefs, who are fighting for their playoff lives and happen to have the are only the Chiefs quarterback. happy? Are the Chiefs happy? Probably, uh, because again, what they're four, four and four, and they barely beat the Giants. They just had a trade for a running back. They are. They're a little bit of a mess. They're getting criticized for being too cute in their play calling. Um, you know, pa- Patrick Mahomes seems to be a little bit beat up. There's a lot going on with the Chiefs, and I'm sure that they don't mind um, the fact that they don't have to face Aaron Rodgers. But here's the deal. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to sit back and watch Jordan Love play again. So they're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers in relation to the whole Jordan Love thing. Then they're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers in relation to everybody calling Patrick Mahomes the most talented quarterback to ever live. Mm. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't exist. And you know that that's some level. Like that gets to me. If it gets to me and I like Patrick Mahomes and I like Aaron Rodgers, it's definitely going to get to Aaron Rodgers. And so. But they're right. But they're right. Right. If Patrick Mahomes, either way, his ego is going to take some level of a hit. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes goes off, like if he just goes absolutely ham, uh, then that is going to piss Aaron Rodgers off. Conversely, if Jordan Love looks even serviceable 
as if you could project some type of potential or future onto him, it's going to complicate their relationship with Aaron Rodgers yep. even more. God forbid the dude goes out, goes like 36 of 45 touchdowns. Oh, my yards. God, bro. Oh, <laughs> which is I do, I do. I do not believe that that would happen. But if it could happen against anybody, it might be that chief secondary. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then you might have to miss two games. Yep. Because of the COVID penalties that are in place, Aaron Rodgers might be on the bench for two weeks. And if he's on the bench for two weeks, then, you know, he could be your starter. He could be your starter. We have a quarterback controversy there, right? Yeah. But then if Jordan Love goes out there and he looks worse than like Justin Fields looks right now, then what? Then what? Then Aaron Rodgers' position is more power. Right. It's weird, man. Aaron Rodgers is one of those. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is one of those dudes who roots against his own team. And there are a lot of guys like that. I mean, I, were you, were you no. one of those people that like, if you were injured and had to miss a game, like you had conflicting interests No, of like, I want my team to do good, but I don't want my replacement to make me expendable. No, no. Because of a, le- a lesson that Kyle Brady taught, taught me about that, that the, the other person's success doesn't dictate my future. Only my performance dictates my future. Well, uh, <laughs> what's very interesting to me is that the Packers are going from one California native guy who didn't get heavily recruited um, to another California native who didn't get heavily recruited and we'll see if they can continue on their legacy of always having a good quarterback and always being in contention. Yep. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next thing up. What's up everybody. This is Stephen A. Smith host of the Stephen A. Smith show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, 
Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.